The Pro Act Know How. So what we're looking at today is um, overseas property rental and the elephant in the room. Have you ever been overseas and uh, considered um, uh, the, the elephant in the corner of your overseas holiday let? This is the question. Um, it might be ornamental um, or it could be something that will turn into a gargoyle and give you a, a real problems in the coming years ahead. Um, the reason to do is tax as, as ever. Uh, governments are using the technology and they're using the exchange of uh, information rules that started back in 2015 uh, to now explore how they can uh, ensure and help people to pay tax on, on their worldwide income. So typically, over the last 20 or 30 years, people have bought overseas properties, holiday homes, and maybe stayed in them for two, three uh, weeks a year, maybe three months a year, maybe winter uh, or summer. Um, but also, the opportunity with the internet has opened up all the time for people to have uh, an online uh, opportunity to uh, sell holiday lets so that people can book privately to stay in that accommodation, uh, which is very good for property developers selling properties in Spain and Portugal and, and Cyprus. And it generates a lot of uh, activity in tourism, uh, possibly at the expense of the hotels, um, but it, it is still additional tourism that goes into a, a, a community and, and good for everybody. Um, but overseas property rental, if you've got a, uh, the beneficial owner of that property rental is living in, in say the UK and is renting out that property in Cyprus and that property rental is going through an online portal, uh, where is the, the tax reporting happening? In practice, uh, probably not anywhere. Um, now, if you look at the situation in the UK, uh, if you rent out a property now, for the last couple of years, your rental agent is a tax agent and has to report to you each year what income and what tenants have been gone through your property rental of your UK property income. That in income is passed to your uh, uh, tax office as well. And so the fact that you're a UK tax resident in the UK, you've got a tax return to do for that property rental income. And, and, and therefore you will do that and declare that income and the tax office can reconcile it to the report from the property rental agent and, and ensure that you get compliance. If you're an expat renting property in the UK, you'll have the same uh, objective. So if you're not in the UK and you're not reporting the rental income you've got there, then your local personal tax person uh, um, office is going to get that information and be receiving that information under exchange of information rules from the UK tax office for you as a beneficial owner of that property rental in the UK while you're a tax resident in uh, France or uh, Mauritius or Seychelles or Israel uh, or Turkey. So have, a, have, a, have that in mind. That, that system is already in place in the UK. Now, it's coming to the EU and it's coming worldwide as well. 
and, and the enforcement is now going beyond uh, just, for example, the UK property rental agents. <clears throat> in, the UK, in the EU, one of the ways that the uh, tax offices are managing it is that they require some form of license or registration for you to be doing that overseas property rental. Now that does let the bureaucrats in, so they could require uh, lifeguards at, at communal swimming pools um, they, uh, or, or jacuzzis. Uh, they could require um, uh, a special tourism license or a catering license for that overseas property rental. Um, it's a bureaucracy based upon what exists in that jurisdiction at the moment. But essentially what that's doing, it's allowing the tax and the corporate government system to acquire your personal information and know and understand that there is a property that's been made available for rent there. So that's how the local authorities can find out uh, in the jurisdiction where you are owning that property if you need uh, a, a catering license, a tourism license, uh, a lifeguard uh, to regulate your swimming pool uh, or any other sort of arrangements or license or permits to do that, that rental arrangement. The second thing that's happening now and the big elephant that has arrived in 2003 is that now Airbnb, Booking.com, Hotels.com, all the other uh, international sites um, advertising holiday lets online are now also being required and have started exchanging information with the tax residents. If you consider what the property situation is, a property is a tax entity in its own right. So a property that's in the UK is a tax entity in the UK. The beneficial owner of that rental income might be you, but the tax, uh, the property is a tax entity and you are a tax entity as a tax resident and an individual. The same is true in a, another jurisdiction. So if you were in a property in Spain or Portugal, or you're in a property in um, uh, Cyprus that you rent out, the, the property is tax resident in the country where it is. So like the UK, Cyprus, Spain, Portugal, France have got the right to apply any property rental income or capital gains tax income or inheritance tax as on those properties uh, held in that country against the beneficial owner. So the beneficial owner register, um, a bit like a, a company share register or a trust, a beneficiary register is a way of showing who is the beneficial owner. And that, and that registration is being collated from the two different sources. It's been collated by your license for catering or swimming pool or safety or, or, or a tourist license on the one hand and on the other hand uh, it, it's being managed from the perspective that uh, you uh, have got the, um, uh, the income is being reported by the tax agent whether the tax agent is in the UK or whether it's in Spain or Cyprus or whether it's an international online browser. So all those income uh, arrangements are being reported and reported for that tax <coughs> situation. Uh, all that will come together. So when there's an exchange of information between a country, generally that takes place around September, October each year. So in September, October 23, 
um, the uh, tax countries are exchanging information from 21, 22 uh, to the other jurisdiction. So by the time you come to uh, a 23, 24 tax return, they'll have the comparative data uh, to investigate. So what, what's the implication of that? If you've got overseas property rental income from a holiday let that you're doing, uh, whether you're doing that personally or whether you're doing it through an Airbnb or bookings.com relationship uh, or a local property rental agent, then potentially you, you've got a, a taxable event that's being uh, occurred. If you're not reporting that taxable income in your home country of tax residence, then potentially the, the country where the income is arising have got a claim against that tax liability for you. If you've reported and paid the tax in the UK, um, Cyprus or Spain can come along and claim that tax back from the UK tax revenue where, where they've got that. That's the point of a double taxation treaty is that um, UK shares with Cyprus and Spain and Portugal uh, the tax which they've collected, which is due to Cyprus or Spain or Portugal. <clears throat> if you've not done any reporting in Spain at all, then potentially they could make a, a, a claim against you for that. And that, that would give you, um, if there's no report in Spain, and there's no report in your home countries like the UK, then you've got potentially late, late reporting penalties and interest penalties on, on the tax payment. If um, your overseas tax authority suddenly becomes aware through exchange of information that you're receiving uh, overseas tax rental for this year and you haven't reported it for this year or for previous years, then they could start an investigation. Now, if you reported it for this year, when they, they've got the information to reconcile, they may take no extra action. But if you've not started or making reports currently, they could then need you to investigate that. They know the year you bought the property and therefore they can suspect um, uh, that you maybe rented it out in, in previous years. And, and if they asked an Airbnb or a property rental agent to disclose that information, they would have to do that. If a tax authority starts a, a tax investigation on you, they can get access to your bank accounts to see what income you've received uh, and when. You could potentially try and hide that and, and potentially try and discreetly disguise that uh, revenue. Um, but that is what anti-money laundering uh, legislation is about. It's about stopping terrorism. It's about stopping criminal activity, um, but tax evasion and not paying the right taxes is a, is a criminal activity. As a tax-saving expert, expert, I don't want to talk like that, but that is the consequence of not reporting the correct information to your tax office in the right way. So the big elephant in the room for overseas property rental is this change in, in, in the dynamic. The information is now out there and available. On the one hand, the local governments are, are, are registering uh, in each country in a different way, uh, whether it's through the property agent, um, a lifeguard requirement, a tourist authority license, 
uh, um, um, uh, um, <clears throat> a catering license, whatever they're requiring for your property rental, it puts you on a register and this exchange of information going on with all the property agents, including the online uh, booking services now. So if you start complying with the reporting now, there's a good chance that they won't retrospectively then start investigating any previous incomes that you've got. It may be that you've got no tax to pay, but if you've got a, a tax liability in any country, then you should be reporting it. Um, if you're a tax resident in the UK and you report your income that's due in, in Spain on your tax return in the appropriate way, then Spain are getting their tax return. And even though you may have an obligation to fill out a tax return there, um, there's going to be no harm done. Um, so there's intricate, complex things that need to be done to support the expats living and working abroad. And we need to look and examine how we can do that and how we can uh, find ways to, to move forward together. Proact have got that expertise, and if you want more help and guidance, you contact us at proactpartnership.com. We offer an annual tax return service where we could look at the uh, uh, tax preparation, the tax accounting, uh, uh, reporting and advice, as well as the return and, and the registrations. That's available at our website, proactpartnership.co.uk. Um, but for, if you want a consultation and review, uh, you can book a, a consultant's review online at our website. Uh, contact us at proactpartnership.com. To subscribe, proactpartnership.co.uk. Uh, to uh, book, a, make an inquiry or book a consultation, proactpartnership.com. Contact us. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time. But... Before we go, let me cover another couple of things for you. We've been talking recently about Cyprus tax returns are now due. Uh, and this is true. And in the middle of the each year, between June and August, um, a, a self-assessed tax return is due for the current year. So if you're going to have taxable income in 2023, that is reportable between June and August each year. And those returns now become due. For our Cyprus tax clients, uh, we're now offering a service where you can send us the information so we can start that tax preparation to do the uh, tax meetings and the preparation in July and get the returns submitted between July and August. Um, so if you want us to do that, you can contact us. We can send you the initial booking questionnaire to, to get that work started. Um, and you can contact us at proactpartnership.com. Um, if you've got any inquiries or you want further information on your liability to pay tax on this year's income um, for 2023, that means you're earning more than 20,000 income, for example, or you've got some other types of health or uh, service taxes to pay, contact us to discuss it and make sure that you're not going to fall foul of penalties for not paying the tax on time. Uh, the tax returns for 2022, we still can't do. Uh, it's just been announced by the separate uh, change of law that the tax returns that were due uh, from March and before the end of July, uh, the, the submission date has been extended uh, in, in the middle of June to 
at the end of September, specifically to the 2nd of October 2023. So the 2022 return for Cyprus is now due by the 2nd of October um, uh, 2023. You cannot put in any balance uh, of tax that you've got due to pay for 2022 because you didn't pay it under self-assessment last year. You cannot make that balance of payment until you've done that full tax return. You can't make that full tax return um, at the moment in the middle of June. Uh, it will come online at some point, at some stage, but you can't make a balance of tax payment until you've done that return. So hopefully it'll come online by the end of June and from July we can do the, the full tax return for clients as well. Uh, but meanwhile, again, we're preparing those returns. So if you, you've got a return and you're not in touch with us, send us your income uh, and gains information so it can prepare uh, your tax return for 2022. And don't forget to include your property rental income um, for your country of tax residents as well as overseas uh, to avoid any conflicts with future exchange of information against the tax return you're going to submit. Uh, for more information and guidance and to book a consultation online, contact us at ProPartnership.com. <clears throat> Before we go, I just want to cover uh, a, a bit of information on UK uh, state pensions. We, in our recent series, we've been looking at uh, wider issues regarding catching up with UK um, state pension contributions. So UK expats living and working abroad, or an expat who's got some contributions into the UK, can top up their entitlement to UK state pension. Um, if you're living abroad, you can make a voluntary contribution at £17 a week or £900 a year. Um, if you're newly working abroad, um, or long-term working abroad, you can pay class two, uh, which is just under 200 a year um, uh, or, or, or three, three pounds 50 a week. Um, again, that, both of those contributions will generate you a, a, a UK state pension credit per year of 300 pounds, which is index linked pension on receipt, as long as you're living in a, an appropriate country where there's a reciprocal agreement between that, which includes New Zealand and Turkey uh, <clears throat> and EU countries like Cyprus and the USA, but it doesn't include other countries. Most of, uh, you know, significantly for me, Australia. Um, so for more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. If you're newly self-employed, uh, so if you're newly working, living and working abroad, you can get an S1, it's called an A1 from Portugal, but you can get an S1 from the UK or your other home country that transfers your healthcare benefits and your state healthcare benefits to the new country in which you're working on that short-term basis. Uh, so if you need more help on guidance on getting an S1 to transfer your benefits over, you can get that. Um, if you just want to top up your, your pension, you need to get a code and you need to get approval. So you need to put in that application to do that. Uh, you can pay for the current year, you can pay for the previous six years uh, now, 
uh, they give you an extra seven years towards the 35 to get the full UK state pension um, of, of around about £10,000 a year in fixed linked. But have in mind, there's a special uh, catch-up for previous 10 years that's available under changes made by Gordon Brown back in uh, 2006. So if you've got missing years from 2010 to 16, you can additionally voluntary contribute to uh, top those up. But that voluntary contribution will be at the, the full class four rate, which is for this year is £900. But that does get you an extra £300 a year pension to so get the money back within three years. That 10-year catch-up was due to expire in April 23. It was extended to July um, uh, uh, this year. But uh, what have they done? They've now extended that deadline to April 25. Why have they done that? It generates some lots of tax revenue. It gives more people more time to catch up. Although this has been an ongoing process for 15 years or more now, obviously everybody leaves it to the last minute. But that 10-year catch-up, uh, it, it does disappear. So if you've been living and working abroad now um, from 2006 to 2025, you may be lost up to 20 years towards your UK state pension. You can have more than half of your UK state pension entitlement back by contributing into your UK uh, state pension entitlement. Um, for more information and guidance on how to manage your long-term protection uh, uh, of state allowances and benefits for your family and business when living and working abroad, contact us at productpartnership.com. So thanks a lot for listening and thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you again next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.